podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello there and welcome to the very first Reds Review podcast of this new season, a brand new season, and the Reds Review is changing with it. It's going to be completely brand new. We're totally revamped, a new format, and not only that, it's not just going to be me, it's going to be me and my co-host, the one and only Guy Drinkle. Welcome along, Guy. From now on, it's me and you for the rest of the season. Ah, you couldn't refurbish a pod without me stealing on the show, could you now, Andy? <laughs> Yeah, so it's see, I, I've always said that this is you, you know your monthly audio magazine, and and that's what this really is going to be. The the Res View is going to become much more of uh, like a, a an audio magazine format. So we're going to do bits and pieces of everything surrounding the club over the coming season. And that includes uh, looking at the academy, probably uh, catching up with uh, how the LFC ladies are getting on. Uh, the fantasy football side of it, we'll keep uh, keep abreast of all of that. Uh, me and Guy, we're going to go head to head on the uh, on the prediction scores, aren't we? We're going to see see each of us ha- just how how good or how bad we're going to be doing. The, the the second one there, Andy. I think the second one there. <laughs> well, what was it you called it earlier? Oh God, who do, who does the who does the least shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have it in a nutshell. Which one of us is the least shit at predicting scores over the coming season? We're going to do all of that. Obviously, we'll look back uh, on on how the the first team have been doing. We'll still continue with goal of the month, uh, player of the month, and and all that kind of stuff, and caption all the major uh, talking points. And we'll probably throw in some bits of trivia and stuff like that along the way and bits of fun. Uh, and God knows, I don't know, maybe we'll have a competition in there, something like that, you know, let you win, let you, let you win a coaster or, or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or a free postcard, a free we'll stamp have, we'll on have the postcard. We'll bribe gags to provide gifts. <laughs> yeah, see, we'll see what we can do, lovely listeners. So um, anyway, Guy, look, uh, obviously not just me babbling on. So, 2018-19 season, it's already upon us. Um, I don't know about you, it doesn't seem like two minutes since, you know, that that the heartbreak in the Champions League final. Maybe was it the World Cup? Do you think the fact that the World Cup's on that that's just bridged that gap, and it just seems to be non-stop football since since that night in Kiev. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had that little little break at the end of uh, May and, and June, but um, as even even the horrendous friendly before the World Cup kind of helped um, put the Kiev out of you, towards the back of your mind, I mean, it's, it's probably in there, scarred for the rest of my life, and I, I, I can't I can't fathom how bad uh, how bad Carrier feels, but um, yeah, the World Cup helped massively, just kind of move on to the next bit of football, and even as soon as the World Cup finished, we had we had some big transfer dealings and stuff, didn't we? We had the Allison saga and 
which went well for us, and then we had the Fekir saga, which didn't go well for us. But we uh, Liverpool's kept themselves busy, apart from apart from the World Cup. But on-screen football will do for me. And uh, surprisingly, England got to a semi-final, which was pretty uh, uh, random. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but it was it was a good summer, wasn't it, Andy? Yeah, it was. I, I've got to say, I enjoyed the World Cup. I didn't think it was the greatest in terms of quality. Um, I'm old enough to have lived through um, more World Cups than I care to uh, remember. V- but VAR was like a big episode of Coronation Street. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was. Well, it's better than Coronation Street. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah, it was. It was good fun. <laughs> It was. So, yeah, it was an interesting summer. I mean, as you mentioned there, like transfers, you know, we barely, you know, we we barely sort of tasted the bitterness in our mouths from from that uh, final in Kiev when the the club were announcing Fabinho as our first uh, signing of the window. I mean, how, how about that one then? What a way to kick off our transfer window, signing a defensive midfielder. That that that's the key couple words there, Andy is defensive midfielder. We've not had a good one since Mascarano left, and I think that was 2010, if I remember correctly. So that's eight years with either someone filling in a role or Lucas, who did all right for a couple of years, but that's when we were aiming for fourth rather than trying to win the league and coming seventh and stuff. And Lucas was like, "Yeah, it was it was it was different times for Liverpool then." Um, but signing Fabinho, it, it finally feels like that long-awaited Mascarano um, replacement I've, I've been waiting for for so bloody long because I just think since that partnership of Alonso and Mascarano broke, I thought the midfield's been pretty crap um, in in general. And adding adding a bit more structure, maybe, maybe Fabinho and Keita, not obviously completely different players to Mascarano and um, Alonso, but if if they can build a, a longish term relationship like them two did, good God, um, it, it's going to be a, a stark difference to what we've uh, been used to these last uh, well nearly a decade. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's it, it's it's um, a huge step forward. Let's you know, let's not let, let's not beat uh, around the bushes. It's a huge step forward for Liverpool to have a specialist back performing that role rather than someone yeah who were asking to try and learn the role or adapt or to use that then parts of their game you know this is his specialist role he he did it so so well at monaco impressed a lot of people so yeah, yeah it, it does bring that dimension back to our team that you rightly said you know we haven't seen since um javier mascherano back in in 2010 so it's great to have someone back in that role yeah nabi Keita. Who just looks? It just looks made. You know, it looks like he was born to wear to wear a Liverpool kit, really, doesn't he? The, the guy is just he's just got a certain panache about him, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, oh, it's just the <laughs> just the both the new midfielders that just look just look absolutely perfect. I mean, Fabinho looks like a tank, and so I think it was Stu. He said he kind of moves about like Steven Gerrard, and I. I didn't look in. I didn't look back, but I'm going to look in the next game. And if he if he has if he moves about like I'm not saying he's like an attacking midfielder like Steven Gerrard, but if he if he moves about like Gerrard, that's going to be it's just going to be weird watching it. But Naby Keita, I mean, you, you'll know more watching the uh, the Bundesliga, Andy. Uh, <clears throat> he he just even in the early parts of pre-season, I know we were playing uh, Blackburn, Bury, uh, Berry, um, etc. <clears throat> but he he just looks. He looks like one of those players who just make stuff look easy. 
and he just seems like he can do the defensive stuff, the attacking stuff, the keeping the ball, um, pressing, um, pretty much everything that Jurgen Klopp wants from a midfielder. I mean, maybe Jurgen Klopp doesn't want any specialist midfielders, like maybe, well, he's brought Fabinho in, that's probably the first one, but we've seen in his time, Emery Chan was pretty much a jack-of-all-trades, Ginny's a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, Henderson's a jack-of-all-trades, now we've seen maybe the king of jack-of-all-trades in Naby Keita, so maybe he is the perfect Klopp midfielder, but he'll know more than me, Andy. I mean, what, what do you think of Naby Keita's time in Germany? I think we're in for a lot of fun. Um, I think there is a period of adjustment. I think it's normal for any player to have a bit of adjustment. And and I do think, you know, they talk about the pressing. Yeah, Leipzig pressed. But for all, you know, it it's seen as, oh, what's it they say? You know, they're just running around or, you know, they're just hunting people down like a pack of dogs. It's it, It's so much more organised than that, that there are so many different individual presses that, that Klopp and his team work on with players. So I think there's that little bit of time of period of adjustment of working and pressing exactly how Klopp wants them to press in certain areas of the pitch. In terms of natural ability, I mean, you know, we, what we lost with Coutinho was that, that player who can pick the ball up in midfield and dribble. You know, beat one, two, sometimes three men and it just changes the dynamic of a game then because you're just breaking through teams. You know, we we're coming up against teams that had the low press and you're trying to, you know, pass a move in behind teams like that. And it might be difficult because there isn't that space for us to open up that we want. He's a guy who can carry the ball and just go past players. He can do that. And I'm not saying he he's a dribbler quite like Coutinho, but boy, can he do it. Uh, and he's got no fear. He will pick it up and he will run and he will go for it. And he, he's got some bite about him as well. I, I do think he'll pick up plenty of yellows, possibly a couple of reds along the way. But he's got some bite in him. He's not afraid to put his foot in mm. and have a go at people. We've missed that, and we? <clears throat> yeah, it, well, that that's another thing is you know we, our midfield was getting accused of being a little bit too nice. Mm. Um, to, to to put it nicely, um, he's got he has got that bit of bite and nastiness about him at times. So yeah, I, I think he adds another edge to the midfield. So you know we're, we're adding more quality, uh, and that's all we want in every pos- every position, every department. Keep adding quality, you know, uh, and we'll start we'll move forward as a team, and and hopefully it'll. You know, it will bring out trophies in the long run. But another guy we've added, I mean, another attacking player. He wasn't my first choice, I'll admit that. And it wasn't a choice of mine at all, if I'm if I'm brutally honest. And that was uh, Jedan Shakiri. Um, what about yourself, Guy? How, how did you feel on it? Because, I mean, I, look, for the price, I, I totally understand, for, you know, for the price you could get him out, 13 and a half million, it is a bargain. My I had question marks over his attitude going back to his time at Bayern, but if the guys accepted that he's not necessarily your first choice and he's ready to take that on, then then great. And and he's certainly been impressing so far. But um, what what about what about you? What did you think on Shakiri? Um, I think from purely from a financial point of view, I think it was pretty much a, a no-risk transfer because even if he played like half a season, then pretty much just 
pretty much League Cup and FA Cup play, you could probably still sell them for 15 million quid, and that that's in the worst case scenario next season. So I, I always thought it was a, a, a no risk situation, but I, I, I always kind of liked. Um, Shakiri. I mean, he, he didn't always put up the numbers at Stoke, but you kind of just watched him and you kind of you saw um, glimpses of quality. And I, I think the first time I ever saw him was the under twenty one Euros. I think it was, and Switz. I think Switzerland got to the final, and then I think they ended up getting battered by the the Spain um, under twenty one team that had like uh, Isco and everyone back in back in the day. But I've kind of seen Shakiri for a. a, a a long while, not a, well, a decent amount of time now. Obviously not week to week, but I've I've always seen that he's a very talented player, and he probably was one of the stars at that at that tournament. So he's obviously got a lot of ability. Um, if he, if if he was in a, a tournament, being, uh, getting compared to people like Isco and stuff like that, I think at Bayern he may have just it it, it may have just been the wrong move for him because it, he was obviously competing with Robin and stuff like that, but. I think Stoke was maybe a bit of a bit of a big drop off, but his time at Inter was horrendous. I think um, so. Maybe Stoke was just a safe bet. And when Ar- when him and Arnautovic, Arnautovic uh, tried saying that a couple of times, <laughs> um, him and them two seem to kind of have a bit of a connection because they're two quality players, and we're kind of in similar situations. Come from big clubs to a, a smallish club. Um, and Arnautovic has gone on to West Ham and had a, had a really good half a season. Now, Shaqiri's maybe making that step at a different club rather than Stoke, but he, he, where he's come to Liverpool, which is obviously bigger than West Ham, and his role's going to be different. He's not going to be the star of this team, but Jurgen Klopp's probably the perfect manager to not rehabilitate, because I don't think it was that bad, but maybe reignite if you can if you can catch my drift. Um so I think he's come to the perfect club and I think he'll get I'm not sure about league appearances, but I think over over the course of the season he's probably gonna get twenty to thirty games and I imagine he's gonna get a decent amount of sub minutes as well. So I think he's gonna have the opportunities to I mean if he if he surpasses Salah, I mean good God. <laughs> um but I think I think he's perfect. I think he's what we needed on the bench. I think criticism, especially in that Champions League final, is that we were looking at the bench. And I mean, the options we had there were bring on Lana for Salah or bring on Moreno, who's a left back, and whack him on the wing, <laughs> which I know people have been asking for. But uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Whereas if Shakiri came on, he, he's not the same, but he 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 adds a certain level of quality. And just looking at him in in uh, pre-season, Andy, I know you've not watched as much as I have, but He's came in and he kind of linked in with the quality players straight away, and I really like that because sometimes you see players gel in and they're just kind of out of sync with everyone. Whereas Shakiri's came in, maybe has a bit more of a free role. I think Simon Brundis was talking about that the other day on the, on Pro, but uh, he's kind of came in and he seems to link up with every good player he's been on the pitch with. Yeah, I'd, I've got to say I, I was impressed. You know the. The bits that I've seen of him, and <clears throat> I remember seeing him at Basel and being really impressed by his talent, and and yeah, Bayern is not always the best of move for players because it's it's an odd club like that. It just swallows it swallows some very big players up. So it, maybe it just wasn't the right time for him. Uh, maybe he wasn't mature, you know his maturity level wasn't wasn't right at that time to be making to making the move to uh, such a club like Bayern. That's that is like an institution. So, 
who knows? Maybe he's just matured now, and, and he's you know he's well, kind Mark of realised. Paul Lambert, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's just that kind of you know that realisation that you know that the, the mm. he's you know he's got to this stage in his career, and he's you know sort of mid twenties, and thought right, you know what do I want to really achieve something, or am I just going to be happy being you know the the best player in a mediocre team? And seeing this as like, right, this is the opportunity now for me to, to really do something and I'm going to prove it and I'm going to prove to everyone that I'm capable of playing at this level. And if that's his attitude and his determination and his desire to do that, then then excellent. And, and let's hope he does it because if he does well and he succeeds, then and hopefully that means that Liverpool are doing the same mm. because, you know, it was and something you mentioned there about the Champions League final. Now, for me, obviously, the two carious errors are, are the, the focus of what happened in that game. <clears throat> but for me, you know, them errors aside, the, the second error is just, you know, compounding what was already happening anyway. But I think even if Carrius hadn't have made them errors, I think with Salah off the pitch, we would have ended up losing that game at some point anyway. Be- and unfortunately, I, I think it, we were in that position purely the our midfield had worked really, really hard to get to that point, you know, through the competition. In them them weeks and months leading up to it, we worked incredibly hard. And I think there was a lot of endeavour there. But when we came up against the midfield like Real Madrid, we had the endeavour, but we didn't necessarily have the quality. And I think for me, that was the most apparent thing in that Champions League final. When Salah was on the pitch, we 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 had Madrid on the back foot and I think we could have beat them. But once Salah went off, Madrid had a bit more quality in midfield and they had a bit more savvy than us. And and I think that it was re- it was very, very much apparent that we needed to work on that midfield. That was an area of our, of our team that really needed to be upgraded. Cater, Fabinho, great. And what you mentioned as well, the options from the bench. You know, unfortunately, Ox is pretty much out for the full season. So, you know, we can pretty much forget about Ox this season and anything we get from him will be a bonus. And we've missed him. So having a player like Shakiri to come in and be able to rotate in that front three is important. But do you think we've got enough then front three to, to actually properly rotate? Or do you think we're, we're still short of maybe a one or maybe two players? You know, when, when you look at the options that we've got from the bench at, at present, is Danny Ings, Solanke and Origi? Um. There's a couple factors, really, isn't there? I mean, I think Shakiri's perfect, as I said. The question mark is two things for me. Sturridge is probably the best backup striker in the league, apart from uh, Jesus, probably. Um, oh, yeah, apologies. I, I don't know how I forgot Sturridge. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, so did, I think Klopp did for half the season as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think if Sturridge stays fit, which obviously is a huge if, um, I think we, we if we can protect his minutes, whether we get a set schedule for him where he plays one once a week, similarly to like Ox and Henderson, I know Henderson and Ox played two a week towards the end of the season, but I mean, needs must, we literally had no midfielders towards the end, um, but we, we do seem to protect players who have had uh, injuries in the past, so hopefully Sturridge can kind of get on board with that and play once a, once a week, once the schedule gets a bit more busy. Um, and, and the other question mark for me is, is the development of Rian Brewster, because 
I, I know he's I know he's injured at the minute, and he, I, I'm not sure when he's back. I think there's rumours of of uh, winter time. So if he comes back and kind of settles in like he was to what um how he was doing with England under, I think it was under 19s last season I think we've got a good squad option there but if if our options next season are say um, Firmino up front then Salah coming in coming into the middle uh, as second choice if, if Sturridge is uh, if you don't want to risk Sturridge then Sturridge is third choice and then Brewster I think that's alright but say if, say if it's just Bobby um Bobby Sturridge, then Brewster, and then Solanke. Because Brewster's out half the season, I mean, I, I don't want to be going into the season where Solanke's got to play a lot of minutes. I mean, he seems like a nice lad and stuff like that. But, I mean, one goal last season, and I think he only really had that one, I, I'm going to say, acceptable performance. I think it was Brighton when he played with um, the usual front three behind him. So maybe that's the way to get the best out of our backup strikers is to play 4-2-3-1, but that kind of defeats the point of resting people, doesn't it, <laughs> if you have to yeah. play them. Um, but yeah, I think if if Brewster settles in, and it's a big if. I think there is question marks over it, but I think needs must at the minute. I think if, if we got Fekir, it would it would look a lot more rosy, um, but there is certain question marks over over it. But fortunately, the front three seem to have Luis uh, Luis Suarez genes where they just don't feel pain. <clears throat> well, yeah, that, that's I think that's a big thing, isn't it? We've got to really hope that you know the lads up front, those those three stay fit, you know, for the majority of the season, um, because we're gonna we're really gonna lean on them. But not just about them being fit, but obviously the amount of games that we play having them options to be able to drop someone in there of comparable quality. So there isn't too much of a drop-off in the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Sturridge is fit, absolutely Sturridge can, can play in there. And we've got Shakiri. Obviously, yeah, if the Fakir deal, if that had come off, there would have been another option. And Ox, when he's back, there's mm-hmm. another potential option. And suddenly it looks, it certainly looks better, doesn't it? Then, yeah. then you could say like, yeah, Salah could always come into the middle. Even Sadio Mane could probably do a job mm. in the middle. So I, I just you know, really it, don't want to see Lalana up in in the front no, three. That, that's absolutely the, that's the not. big question mark there. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, so yeah, so potentially it's a slight concern over the depth for the forward places. We we certainly look a hell of a lot better in midfield. Um, I think the defence we just the defence is the same as it was and, and we're absolutely re- reliant on Van Dyke staying fit because it was such an influence when he when he joined. Uh and, and the big one I suppose then is is Alison Becker, is our new goalkeeper. Um you know it's a lot of money. It, it was the, the world transfer record for a goalkeeper. Um, it looks like Kepa's just uh, overtaken that, which is fine for me because that switches some of the attention and focus and, you know, some of the scrutiny away from, from uh, Alisson. But um, how do you feel about the new guy in, go- new guy in the sticks then? Um, he's pretty massive, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he's a presence, isn't he? Yeah, he, he looks like an absolute tank. And I'm not sure how tall he is, but he just seems to be just a big bloke. And I think, I'm, I'm not going to slate carries, but he does seem like quite a slight bloke for a goalkeeper. I mean, you kind of saw Courtois and, and De Gea. I mean, De Gea is not the biggest, but he seemed to fill out massively over the last few years. So maybe Carrius just needs to do that a bit more for the for the for the betterment of his career. But no, Allison just looks like an absolute unit, and 
I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen much of him, I've seen highlights of him on, from YouTube uh, videos and stuff like that, but the games I've actually seen him were the World Cup games for Brazil, and um, the games against us in the Champions League, so that, that's probably not the best <laughs> uh, games for him uh, to drate him off, but I'm, I mean, I do I do this with with signers, I mean, I've not much, watched much of Cater and stuff like that, I like I like watching Liverpool players with, like a, with a clean slate, so t- I think time will t- tell with Alisson, but the best thing for me is that we've not half-arsed the imp- with the uh, <clears throat> upgrade on goalkeeper. I mean, Carius, I, I said this on the, the pod when, when he first joined, the best thing about it is that Carius was a good goalkeeper, and I, I, I still maintain he's a good goalkeeper. That's obviously debatable for people. But we've gone out and signed the best possible upgrade. I mean, people may say all black and stuff like that, but we would, we would never get an all black. Um no, but, sadly not. Sadly yeah, not. Yeah, and and we've gone and got the absolute best. Um, and obviously Kepa's going for big money, but I imagine Allison's probably a bit more experienced. Kepa may have a higher ceiling, but I, I don't have that knowledge. But anyway, Allison was the best we could get statistically, what stats-wise. I mean, Dan Kennett did it on the on the pro pod, and it. it if if any goalkeeper's got saving um, percentages compared compared to David Hayer, I mean, it's it's probably worth a gamble at whatever it was, fifty five mil, sixty mil. It's it, 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 it's not a gamble, but it's worth it's worth that money if he can find this level um, that he had at Roma or at Liverpool. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna add ten points to us on a season. Yeah, it's uh, that's it. I like I like what you said there. You know, we weren't half asked about it. Yeah, let's go and do it. Uh, and I think. That's a kind of a pleasing thing about Liverpool over the past year or so as well. I think we're taking them strides forward now as well, saying, okay, it was, you know, we're buying players, developing them, we're trying to coach as much as we can. But you know what? We want to win the big trophies. And to do that, you know, sometimes we're going to have to get the wallet out and splash the cash. And these owners have come in for a lot of criticism over the years, but. Fair play to them. They've backed Klopp and, and said, fine, you know, if that's who you want, there's the money. Let's do it. So it's, um, I, I think we've got a nice kind of blend in between developing players, you know, buying potential and developing that potential, you know, trying to bring through a few youngsters, working on what we've already got at the club and then going out and getting some of these, you know, bigger name players as well. So it's, it, for me, I think we've got a nice blend here and, I don't know about you, Guy, but I, I do feel quite sort of um, hopeful and and optimistic about about this season ahead. It to me, it feels like the Rafa years. It's probably all seven, oh eight, and oh nine. I, I I came into those. I was, I was a lot younger then, and I wasn't full of uh, pessimism back then. But this is probably the first time since then that I've actually came into the season thinking we can really challenge for the title. Um, it it. it it, it's great. It's great. It's probably the first time since I've been in a, an actual grown-up that uh, I've, I've came in confident about the season. It's a nice new feeling for me, Andy, I must say. But uh, yeah, it, it, it reminds me of the Rafa days where you come in and you just go, look at the team and just go, yeah, most of the team's mint, <laughs> so I'm going to be happy. Um but unfortunately, we had Man United back then as probably one of the best Premier League teams ever. And now we've got Man City as probably one of the best Premier League teams ever ahead of us. But, I mean, we've never had a better squad in in my time supporting Liverpool. 
Um, that that that's the squad, not just the first eleven. I mean, look, we just talked about Sturridge and, and Shakiri on the bench. We've got we've got options throughout now. I mean, some qualities in some positions is uh, is debatable, but good God damn, we have a, we have numbers at least, and that that'll do me for now. I mean, I'd like a couple more. Obviously, I imagine everyone would, but coming into this season, and I'm I'm expected second at the minimum. That that that's just new. That's new life for me, and I think a bit of luck we can push Man City. Yeah, we, we've got some shiny new toys. We'd like a few more, but yeah, optimistic. It's certainly going to be, um, I'm just trying to think of the, the, the word without going overboard, <laughs> but yeah, hoping it is certainly going to be a good season and one that garners a trophy. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break here on the Reg Review, but we will be back very shortly right after this. Hi, Anne. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gax. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. And we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? No. Like, I mean, like you said, you, you said, you know, you've watched most of preseason. I... In all honesty, I don't really watch too much of it now. I don't take a great deal of notice. It's it's just about sharpness and fitness. Um, as someone who's who's followed the the academy uh, lads for for such a long time as yourself, then what about some of the the, the academy prospects that we've seen uh, in preseason, the likes of, of Curtis Jones and Grabara? Um, what what have your thoughts on 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 them, and and can we expect to maybe see some of these guys make appearances throughout the season? Um, in terms of the pre-season performances, I think you have to you have to single out Curtis Jones because he's he's seventeen, <laughs> he's he's seventeen, and he's looking. He's looking. Re- I don't. I don't want to put too much pressure on him and stuff like that. But he's looking first team ready already, and I've I've not seen that that kind of up of a level um, for a youngster since Trent was breaking. I'm, t- I'm talking like about Trent, like he's a 25 year old right back. <laughs> he's 19 as well, but he's kind of re- he reminds me of Trent playing playing in the under 18s and under 23s. He just seems a level above. And Curtis Jones, maybe maybe this year he he's going to be that level above um, the youth level. Uh, so time will tell with with him. But Curtis Jones in the first team picture, he's looked. He's just looked so perfect in there. And yeah, there was. Can I say there was one yeah. thing that I saw last night from Curtis Jones that really impressed me, uh, and that sounds a daft thing, but we had a corner and the ball got cleared and it came to him, 
and there was a one of the Torino players was around him and he was so calm and all he did was turn and he drew a foul. He drew a foul and got us a free kick in their half of the pitch. And, you know, and that prevented them yeah. attacking. And it was just that level of maturity from a seventeen year old. Yeah. For for me that that was the the moment that like wow that that impressed me um <laughs> of all the, of all the other little things that that was the one thing that stood out and I just thought that that's 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 a really impressive level of maturity for someone of that age yeah absolutely i mean you see i've seen that a bit um when he was he played for he played in the uh, for Gerard's team but he also also played the uh, under 19 champions league thing as well and he was kind of, he was outshining like ben woodburn and stuff like that in in certain games and everyone knows the reputation ben woodburn had so that i think that kind of speaks volumes of uh of curtis jones's breakout year which was probably last year um and yeah if it, i'm not expecting him in premier league squads and stuff like that because i think our squad's deeper now and we shouldn't be relying on on the on the kids, but may, maybe maybe if we if we have an injury play again, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see him in League Cup and FA Cup games. If I'm honest, because pre-season's the only thing some people have got to go off. But um, he didn't he didn't look out of place. So if we get if we get a decent home tie, I mean, I think we saw it in the Plymouth games a couple of year ago. Uh, Klopp's not afraid to put kids in for the uh, for the cups. So. Curtis Jones, um, who else played? Grabara got a, a half. He looked confident when he uh, embarrassed Sanchez. Uh, maybe he'll get some minutes if if, if a carrier situation changes. Um, Rafa Camacho, that's the other one, Andy, that was going to pick out. Um, for a player who was a winger slash a number 10, he played right wing back for for Steven Gerrard uh, when he was playing free at the back. Obviously a different system to the first team, but he was playing free at the back. And he's gone. For, he's gone another level. He's gone further back in in a right back. And I mean, it might be a bit of Twitter madness, but you've seen. I've seen people saying, "Well, I'd rather have Camacho playing in Nathaniel Klein." I know. I know Klein's a bit of a bit of a boring player. Let's be honest, but Klein's reliable at the very least. Whereas people, you've got people that impressed with Camacho, they just go. Yeah, he's he's perfect backup for Trent. I mean, I disagree with that because I don't think yeah. Camacho has been tested defensively yet. But, exactly. Um, yeah. De- yeah, most definitely. I, I I personally I like I like Nathaniel Klein, yeah. and a fit and fully firing Nathaniel Klein is is really solid, uh, and you know a much better option than um, than Joe Gomez at right back, and mm. being able to to mix and match uh, Klein and. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back, depending on opponents, for me, it is the perfect option for us. So, yeah, it, it's it, it'd be unfair, you know, mm. putting that kind of pressure on such a young player, you know, saying, oh yeah, let's let's uh, sack off this, you know, international defender in his mid twenties mm. for this kid who's untested. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if you get if you give him a year. <clears throat> And he actually, say if right back is his long term position, because as I said, he is a right winger uh, by by trade. But if he starts playing right back in the uh, under twenty three slash under eighteens, and he develops there, I mean, maybe this time next pre season, we could have a genuine discussion about getting rid of Klein and, and promoting Camacho. Because I mean, we we've seen the impact Trent had from right back. He just he's. He is a superior player at Klein. I don't think anyone's going to doubt that. I mean, he he can play make from right back, and it's added a different, just an absolute different um, string to our bow um, in terms of playmaking all over the pitch. So 
give it a year or so, see where Camacho's position um, is, is developed by people like Linders. Uh, I imagine Alex Inglethorpe will be part of that as well. Um, give it a year, see where he is, and then maybe we can talk about him genuinely being probably not a contender to Trent because I think Trent has the potential to be the best right back in the world. Uh, but he could he could be a squad option next year, I think. So what about uh, anybody else in, at the academy that we maybe haven't seen in uh, pre-season? Is, is there anyone else that we should be looking uh, looking out for over this coming season to maybe make the mark in those academy sides or the under-23s? Um, it, it's a weird one. Um, last year, I kind of I didn't watch as much as I should have, I'll be honest. But I think the one I mentioned in the squad options before is it, it's Rian Brewster. Obviously, he's out with an injury, as I said. But I think he's the one who could make an impact in the first team more more than anyone, really, because I think there is there is a spot there as the backup forward, and I think that whole the contract. Uh, debacle with uh, Brewster I think first team opportunities was probably a big part of that so going off that and the fact that he's a quality player I think you could see him in the first team more than anyone else but in terms of hidden gems uh, it it really depends who comes up from the under 16s (laughs) to the under 18s but uh, I'm trying to think where where we're weak in the squad and who who might who might come in um well, what about even sort of, you know, like from under 18s moving up into, you know, playing under 23 level? Do you think, because obviously there's not so much focus on them under 18s. Yeah. Is there anyone sort of who you think maybe under 23 level might, you know, start to, you know, get people to talk about them over this coming season and we'd maybe see them in pre-season next year? Mm, I think... Adam Lewis, uh, the I think he, I think that's his first name. Uh, there's so many Lewises about in the Premier League football, but I think Adam Lewis, the young left back, I think he's scout. He had a, a difficult first year because he was a centre mid, learning a new spot, but he seemed to um, really step it up last season. And uh, he, he has a he has a quality left foot, but I think we I hope he goes Robbo's way rather than um, Brad Smith's way, for example. I think Adam Lewis might be one we see next year. Depending on what happens with Alby, um, uh, who at Liam Miller? He's, he's I think he's a bit older. I think he's twenty odd, but I think he may. He he seemed to explode a bit last year, but he, he kind of I think he struggles with fitness a bit. But he's he's a bit of a forward, um, and he he has a good scoring record. Uh, Bobby Duncan, who we've just signed from Man City, yeah, he's, he's Gerard's cousin or something like that, if I remember correctly. So maybe maybe if he's anything like Gerard, I mean he he won't be in the under twenty three long. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's off the top of my head. But I'll, I'll have to start watching the academy again. But maybe without the Steven Gerrard spotlight, it might be a bit more fair game for some people. Yeah, well we'll do that through the season. We'll, we'll keep yeah. up to date with how the academy sides are going and anyone that is kind of uh, grabbing that attention. Uh, and like yeah, you, you like you say you know the. There have been names that have, have come through, and some of them look fantastic, and everyone gets excited. But then they get to the first team, and, and it doesn't quite work out. That transition, you know, that step becomes a little bit too big. Yeah. One player, one one final thing. Then before we move on, is one player who who has left our uh, academy set up and has gone to Swansea, Jan Danda. Now. I saw him when he was, I think he was only 15 at the time, 15, 16, playing against uh, under-18s. Uh, and, and I was, I've got to say, I, I was mesmerised. Uh, this lad carrying the ball, it, 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 you could have 
honestly, it could have it could have been Coutinho we were watching on the pitch the way he moved with the ball and went glided past players. Uh, and he was more slight than them, but it didn't seem to bother him. He just had so much skill and poise and, and, and just such a natural ability about him. You know, he's gone. Do, do you think he's got what it takes to make it and, and we maybe see him back at Liverpool one day? Um, I think he's got all the talent in the world, as you said. The the, the comparisons to Coutinho's style of play have kind of I think Nathan liked to make him back on the in the academy pod days. Um, so yeah, I think he has all the talent in the world, and I think he's made a good choice moving on from Liverpool because he, I think he had a couple injuries, and he, he seemed to not everything seemed to be rosy back in the uh, in in the academy setup. I think when when Linders went, some stuff kind of. The, the the link between the academy and the first team was gone. I think people were still training with him, but I think Linders really that was his job. He was the focus one there. So maybe maybe now he's back. I know he's been promoted, but he's uh, he's uh, he, ov- he obviously has those relationships and stuff. So maybe he can uh, keep that in his job in his job title. But I think Danda he he's made a good choice going to Swansea. I think Graham Potter. I'm not sure how he played at Oster and Ostersons. However, however you say it, but. I, a young progressive manager, I hope. I, I think he'll get all the chances in the world. And Swansea, if they can go back to their uh, formula of, of progressing young players, I think Dander's made a, a good call there in in Swansea. And I think give it give him time to settle and find a position whether he's going to be that Coutinho number eight left winger or is he going to be a number ten whatever. I, I think it, I think there's definitely a Premier League player in there. I mean, if he gets to Liverpool level again. Only time will tell, but there's definitely there's definitely Premier League talent in there, and I think that's the same with people like Ojo and stuff like that. But just so tough breaking through at Liverpool. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, you got Wilson, Woodburn, Ojo. There's there's Ryan Kent. There's you know there's so many players that have kind of just been on that periphery, and it's that next step is is the toughest one. And yeah, some I guess you know that's where you 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 filter out. You know the from the from the very best to uh, to the, the, you know they're not quite good enough for for that level sadly um so yeah I, I guess time will tell so uh, we'll move on then fantasy football so we we are going to uh, keep up to date with the fantasy football side of things as we as we go through it um see if you can keep my interest going and in all this i've got <laughs> you've you've got because <laughs> i'll be honest look i used to play fantasy football i used to play fpl religiously and then a place where i was working uh i won the league there so I, I won about 50 quid or something like that where well, i can't remember whatever it was went out on top so, well that was it you know once that was it once you've once you've been to the top of the mountain i mean it's all downhill <laughs> from there so i, I must admit i kind of uh, my interest kind of dwindled a bit so i, I want to get back into it this season so i'm going to be leaning on you to to keep you know keep me interested so you've you've got a you've got a code haven't you for for the anfield index uh, league, what was it? FPL yeah, league. FPL. Anyone league. who wants to join? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here we go. It is one one three six two nine dash 
24012. So if you want to come show that you're better than me at FPL, which isn't hard, I'll give I'll I'll admit that it's not hard to beat me. And this is the person with the FPL pod. <laughs> uh, but if you want to come embarrass me at FPL, that's that's the code. I'll obviously I'll tweet that out um, as well before the season starts. Um, which I'll, I'll get I'll make gags and stuff retweet from the uh, from the main account. But yeah, if you if you want to join us, feel free. Yeah, what was that? Code? We'll give that code out again, and then we'll retweet. We'll, we'll we'll tweet it out as well when we do the yeah, when the I podcast like, come out. I feel I feel like one of those crappy adverts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, what one. was that? What was what was that code again? <laughs> that number again was one one three six two nine dash two four zero one two. There you are. We will tweet it out with the uh, with the podcast as well. So yeah, join us. I, I will I will join. Um, and I I have to tell you, I have to admit this from the very beginning. I do not put Liverpool players in my FPL team out purely out of suspicion, out of uh, superstition. The only players I've had in there um, were Luis Suarez because it was just a surefire thing. He yeah, got you so many points. Sal- yeah, broke that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's it. I ju- I'm superstitious. Uh, if I put them in my team, they do badly or they get injured. So I just don't do it. So I will put, I will purposely put opponent players in my team, the likes of Harry Kane and whatnot, because when I put them in my team, they go on a bad run. So there you go. So That's I'm, where his I'm, August curse comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going straight in my team. I put Pogba straight in my team when they signed him. <laughs> and look what happened to him. So there you go. Yeah, I'll be filling my uh, mine up with United, City, uh, Chelsea. Um, Spurs players uh, as much as possible. Don't have to worry about so much about Arsenal, <laughs> but there you go. So yeah, we'll, we'll look. We'll there is a fantasy football pod out there. The specialist pod obviously is going to be much more concentrated and keep on top of everything. So make sure you do listen to that. But we'll keep on. To, we, you know, we'll we'll keep keep our keep dipping our toes in the water on this pod with it every month anyway. So. Right then, it's let's let's get to some predictions before we finish up, guy. We'll do some predictions. Uh, first things first, right? Last season, Liverpool finished uh, in the Premier League. If I can get it up here, yeah, Liverpool finished in the Premier League on seventy-five points. Um, and I think given getting to a Champions League final, it kind of made it feel as though we had more points than that. Strangely. Mm. Um, so 75 points we got last year. Do you think we will get the same, less, or more points this year? Can we put like higher or lower? Uh, oh, okay, yeah. This bit. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Okay, well, you're I editing it, it so you can do all that. <laughs> it's a good game, it's a good game. <laughs> good game 75, good game. higher or lower than 75? Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll go higher, Bruce. <laughs> Okay, uh, 84 goals, 84 goals, <laughs> higher or lower than 84? Go higher, Bruce. <laughs> you think we're going to go higher? Uh, we have to. Yeah, I th- I, th- look, I think we'll get more points than we did. I'm not sure we're going to score more goals. However, goals against, higher or lower, higher or lower than 38? Oh, it's got to be lower. If we've got any I, ambition, it's got to be lower. That's That's the key one for me. I think we will concede less. But I think we'll score a few less, because that that's a, that's quite a total to uh, to match again, isn't yeah, it? Very true. But so I, I got swept up in the higher or lower stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> like having a nine. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> you get nothing for repairing this game. 
This is sponsored by the Challenge Pro. <laughs> Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, points wise, then. So you think we're better off on points? Uh, you think we'll get more goals? I think we'll score less, and we both think we're going to concede less goals this season. So, uh, and you're saying then it, it's top two. That, yeah. That's what you you feel. Yeah. If, yeah. If we play it safe, I'll say top two. But if you had to push me, I'd say second at the minute. Yeah. I'd I'd say yeah probably second or third because I I do think squad wise over a full season I think we're still one or two short but it we're getting closer. Sack Marino. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah um I I do think we're getting closer and that's a really good thing I do think we're getting closer and and I'm superstitious I don't like to predict we're going to win everything so individually then here here's a good one for you then goal scorers last season. Um, obviously, Mo Salah took, you know, all the plaudits and took the big focus, uh, 44 goals in all competitions. Now, um, let's just go Premier League goals then for the lads, up, you know, the the front three as Trev Downey has come, the lads. Yeah. Okay, Mo Salah last season got 32 Premier League goals. Now this coming season, <laughs> do you think? So this is our instant Twitter poll without Twitter. Do you do you think he will get less than twenty, twenty to thirty, or thirty plus? I think he'll get twenty to thirty. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, Roberto Firmino got twenty-seven in all competitions. Now in the Premier League, though, he got fifteen. So, I do you think he will he will get um, ten to twenty, or do you think he'll get twenty plus Premier League goals this season? I'll go ten to twenty. I think he. I think he's more about getting the best out of the other two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is. Uh, he's. Uh, he's such a key player to our to our team. Uh, Sadio Mane, twenty in all competitions, but ten in the league. Um, he d- did miss some games and and he had a little bit of um an, an off time of it as well. But I think mm. Mane's a player who's really kind of developed and evolved, especially since Coutinho left. Um. He had so ten league goals last season. Do you, do you think it's going to get ten to twenty or or twenty plus this season? I'll say ten to twenty, but if we half that, I'd say he's going to get above fifteen. All right, okay. So we're going to go for that then. Eh? Yeah. Ten to fifteen, fifteen to twenty, or twenty plus then. Eh? I'll say fifteen. I'll say fifteen to twenty. So yeah. If he starts taking pens as well, maybe push that twenty bracket as well. Mm. But. That's it. With Fabinho's record on pen, I know he missed the one yesterday, but with Fabinho's record, he, he may be one, uh, the long-term penalty taker. But if, if Mane get, well, if we get penalties, that's the big question mark with referees nowadays, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I think for a bit, I think, um, Mane has, has 20 plus in him, but it, it may be at the expense of Salah, uh, Salah maybe taking, um, Taking a five-goal hit or something like that, maybe. But um, no, I think I think Mane is probably going to have the biggest improvement out of the front three. Yeah. Now, aside from them three, last season Coutinho was our our next highest goal scorer, and obviously he left in January. Uh, he finished up with twelve in all competitions, and then you you went back to Shan on six and Ox on five. Yeah. So, do you think we'll we'll get more from other players this season? I mean, do you think Shakiri is going to be in that? Maybe five to ten, ten to fifteen, or maybe fifteen plus in all competitions. 
Yeah, I think Shakiri's going to have to get... Maybe if we do goals and assists for him, maybe. I think if he gets 10 goals and assists combined, something like that, that'll be good. Um, Sturridge must have got, what, only a small handful. Uh, I know he did some... Yeah, he got three in all comps, so... If he can, if he can get five to ten as well, that can mix up uh, make up. Yeah, but I think, I think the be... one, I think the one with the most improvement, Andy, it has to be Ginny, because he yeah. pretty much had no end product last year. I know he scored in the Roma game, which is obviously huge. Yeah, you t- like that, that. Well, that's it. Just two goal, two goals yeah. all season last year. Yeah, and I can't remember his numbers from the year previous, but I, I imagine it was a lot more than that. Yeah, and he obviously. I know he scored like five in one game at Newcastle, but his numbers at Newcastle in his first year with us. Were, yeah, I, I think he got some like thirteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, so if Genie can get like five, if yeah. we can get like five plus from from um, from Navigator. Yeah. yeah, if we can, because the guy. That's the other thing. He's got an absolute thunder bastard mm. of a shot. <laughs> um, yeah, if if. If Sturridge can contribute with even five to ten goals, if Shakiri can get the five to ten, you know we can we can get some goals from the defenders as well. Virgil Van Dijk's obviously you know a real threat set pieces. He, 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 he fifty p headed so many. Yeah, he should, he should have got like ten massive. goals, and I'm not I'm not over exaggerating with that. He could have got ten goals in like three games. <laughs> so I think I, th- I think we can. We can expect. Do you think we can expect a few more goals from the supporting cast this year, rather than last year being, you know, the, the goals being so concentrated on the mm-hmm. front three and obviously Coutinho for that half a season? Yeah, I think that's our next step in development. I mean, if you obviously we're competing with City as our main rival, you look at them. Um, Sterling had twenty odd goals. And I think he had 20-odd assists as well. Um, Sane, similar. Um, Aguero had 20-plus goals. I think Jesus must have had 10, 15-odd. De Bruyne was a machine. Silva's a machine. Um, I imagine, I think Otamendi got a decent amount of goals for a centre-back as well. I think the key is have your main men, but also the supporting cast, as you said, needs to take up another level and... Um, yeah, I think I think we're set for that now. But I think people do need to step up. Ginny's probably the perfect example of that. Now, I'd like to say, obviously Henderson was playing deep, but I mean, imagine if he could get his 13, 14, 14, 15 numbers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just it's just adding, even you know these guys are adding two, three goals extra over the season. Yeah, you know it, it's it, it make does make yeah does make a difference. Takes that little bit of pressure on them front three to. Mm. You know, to perform and to be our end product all the time. So it's, yeah, like you say, it's it's another step in our development, and and that's a good comparison to City, the way that, you know, they were so productive with, uh, you know, a good sort of half a dozen players were very very productive. So let, let let's hope we can we can share it around more. So right, final final thing from us then. So we're going to do this as we mentioned. Who's going to be the least shit at predicting uh, the actual <laughs> score lines? So the the way it's going to work is. Uh, it's going to be three points for predicting predicting the right score and one point for the right outcome. So the example being, if I predict the game finishes 2-2, but it finishes 1-1, at least I predicted the right outcome, so I get a point for that. If it finishes 2-2, obviously I predict the right score, I get three points. So And it's going to be head-to-head, it's me and you, Guy. Uh, and it's Premier League matches only. That keep, keeps it simpler when they start uh, jiggling the... Uh, Jiggling games around and, and chucking League Cup games in here and there and everywhere and whatnot as as we start looking ahead to months. So Premier League only, we've got only got three games to to predict on for August. So we'll start off with then this Sunday Liverpool's opener against West Ham. 
What are you going for on the scoreline? Oh, I'll go 3-2 to Liverpool. I'll go 2-1 Liverpool. Um, then we've got Monday Night Football, 20th of August. Crystal Palace, home to Liverpool. What, what are you going to predict then? Oh, God, I hate Crystal Palace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 2-0 to us. 2-0. Ooh. Ooh. I, I know exactly what you mean. You know what? I'm going to go for 1-0 Liverpool. That's nervy. Yeah, it is nervy. It's Crystal Palace. It's always nervy. God, I hate football. <laughs> <laughs> and last last one of the uh, of, of the month, I should say, of the season. We haven't got there. We haven't kicked off yet. <laughs> last one of the month. Uh, Liverpool home to Brighton. Tea time kickoff Saturday the 25th of August. What's your score prediction then, Guy? Oh, I'll go f- I'll go 3-0 with this one. I mean, Brighton were kind of like Huddersfield light for us, weren't they? <laughs> we just eased past them in both games, so I'll go I'll go 3-0 for us. Yeah. I'll, I'll go 2-0 then, just just to be slightly different. I'll go 2-0. Um, and, and, and almost worryingly, that's us predicting <laughs> three wins on the bounce to start the season. So When we've got that, four points, you know who yeah. to blame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's our predictions, and and that's it for this show. You know, our our little season preview, um, a little bit of a look into to how things are going to be. Uh, the format will will slightly change uh, as we go along the season, but hey ho, it'll be fun. We'll have jips and and whatever else we can throw in there to get us through forty five minutes. So um, there we go, guy. It's me and you for the season now. It's my first show. Yeah. It flew past. Hopefully not my last. <laughs> <laughs> no, it can't be. I can't I can't function without you. <laughs> anyway, folks, th- so this has been the first uh, res review of the uh, of the 2018-19 season. Um I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, myself and Guy, thanks want to thank you all for listening. Uh do obviously stay tuned to Anfield Index throughout this. Like we said, you know, there's the fantasy football podcast in there if you're into that. Uh, we'll, but we'll keep you up to date on, on everything you need to know. So, uh, until next month from myself and from Guy, it's Babano. Network.